Hello, and welcome to Awesome Leaders Lessons for Food Business Success, a podcast aimed at supporting the development and growth of women-owned food and beverage processing businesses in the Canadian prairies. Our guests include industry experts as well as food and beverage entrepreneurs to provide knowledge, real-world examples, and inspiration. My name is Bailey Gervais, and on behalf of the Awesome Program, I'll be your host today. Today's episode is a special edition in honor of March being International Women's Month. I've invited my colleague, Shnuka Wickramasing, to join me in a discussion about our experiences working with and as women entrepreneurs through the Awesome Program and through other ventures. Before we dive in, I realize I've never formally introduced myself in this host role, so now seems like a fitting opportunity so that you have a bit of context of my background for this discussion. Um, I completed a degree in food science, and I knew I wanted to be involved in food business somehow. Um, And so to explore that kind of business side of things, I ended up getting a master's of professional accounting and a CPA designation. So after all that school and working in public accounting practices, I had that entrepreneurial itch that needed to be scratched. And I put the combo of skills to use and joined a couple other women here in Saskatoon. And we opened a shared commercial kitchen space. Um, We built this facility with three kitchen pods that small food businesses could rent as they needed to launch their own businesses um, so that they could be in accordance with public health regulations and help them build a community of entrepreneurs and supports. So... Uh, and then as an another income stream with that, we offer culinary classes by local chefs, which are a great way to engage the public. Um, we're currently in our sixth year of business, and the models changed over time, but it's been incredibly valuable for um, learning. And, and then I started with the Awesome Program in the fall of 2021 as a business advisor, so I've loved the opportunity to meet more women entrepreneurs and help create value for them through our programs. So that is me in a nutshell. Um, Now on to Shanuka. Uh, If you've been a member of Awesome for a while now, you're likely familiar with her. Shanuka's been the program manager of Awesome for the past couple years and has been instrumental in creating the programs and initiatives as well as building out the community. Um, Before that, she had about eight years of experience working directly with entrepreneurs in all industries uh, in areas of strategic planning and business development. Um, Shanuka is a champion for women in business and a passionate advocate for inclusion, and I feel very fortunate to have been working with her the past several months. So, hi, Shanuka. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm looking forward to our discussion. It might be a little longer than our usual episodes that we've been doing, but that's okay because we're only going to release one this month, so it'll be extra special. Amazing. Yeah. So. Um, and thank you for the introduction. I, I have had so much fun working with you the last six months. It's been so fun. And I think that you are very talented. So I can't wait to see what you do 
when and if you come back to the food center <laughs> post, you know, this next chapter for you. Yeah. And yeah, it's been inspiring working alongside you and seeing you raise your family and, you know, go through the kitchen, all the kitchen stuff. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I guess cats out of the bag. What <laughs> Shanuka is referring to is I am going on mat leave in a couple weeks. So, um, I will be, this has been like a short and sweet launch into the podcast, but then we'll have, we'll be continuing with it and having some other team members take it on. So not to worry if you've already become a, a fan of the podcast, (laughs) which everyone already has. Yeah, exactly. Click subscribe. Okay. So for this uh, week, we just kind of wanted to get together and talk about like our experiences working with women entrepreneurs and I know that you know probably know a lot of these like stats off the top of your head but um, I just wanted to highlight a couple that I found kind of interesting and they are from the Women Entrepreneurship Knowledge Hub. Um, they, They put out a uh, paper in 2020, the state of women's entrepreneurship in Canada. Yeah, so uh, some of the ones that stood out to me are <clears throat> women are majority owners of 15.6% of small to medium enterprises with one or more employee, but <clears throat> they account for 37% of self employed Canadians. So that kind of leads me to believe that there's a lot of women kind of just working as a solo entrepreneur. Um, And women entrepreneurs are more likely to be in services such as social, health and beauty and food sectors and less likely to be in manufacturing and technology. So um, I guess food sectors there, including there are probably more like restaurant style um <clears throat> food businesses but yeah um so our membership being in food manufacturing that's it's probably fairly underrepresented by by women yeah i i i couldn't tell you stats off the top of my head i'm sure when i started this job i i was versed in the stats mm-hmm. um you know but yeah i mean those are those are great numbers to to jump off of. Um, and you're right. Like the representation is, is fairly niche. When we look at our business, like look at the awesome program and look at our clients and see what our market is. You know, we talk about that all the time to our, to our clients about finding their market and, and all of that. We're dealing with a very small group of people for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. And, and then also just, you know, we were underrepresented to begin with and now bring in two years worth of a pandemic. And this has been updated to say that during the pandemic, a lot of the burden and lifestyle changes fell on women. And um, in 62% of women-owned businesses, they laid off over 80% of their staff versus... um, male-owned businesses was only 45%. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that guts me. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Um, 
there's a quote here that from the Ontario Chamber of Commerce that says, on average, women-owned businesses tend to be newer and smaller and have less access to capital. Challenges for women entrepreneurs were amplified during the pandemic as they found themselves ineligible for business supports, working in sectors most heavily affected by public health restrictions, and bearing childcare responsibilities that disproportionately affected women. If we are serious about economic recovery, we need to better evaluate and address challenges faced by women and other underrepresented groups of entrepreneurs. So, happy International Women's Day. Yeah, got you <laughs> off to a really positive note there. So, um, it's just kind of when you think about all those things that, all those extra challenges that we have to face, it's just like all that more inspiring to see the members that we have out there, tr- like just working so hard and crushing their businesses. And yeah, that's been really fun to see. So agreed. Yeah. Um, so other than the pandemic, what have you noticed over the, your course of working with awesome? What are some of the main like common challenges that you see pop up for women entrepreneurs? Okay, so begin rant. No. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, like there are so many challenges that I see that women face. And so I think of it, you know, I kind of divided this answer in three ways. So the first way is, you know, the challenges that we have with our own self. Women have a lot of more so than maybe the male gender. Mm -hmm. Uh, self-esteem issues and imposter syndrome and, you know, everyone experiences these things. I think probably women, young women, women of color, indigenous women, perhaps experience it more and more intensely and more often. Um, so I think how we view ourselves and how we, how we identify with ourselves, how strong we feel mentally is a, is a huge part of it. And, Maybe not all women, you know, think about entrepreneurship that way or business ownership that way, that, that mental game and, the, you know, how you view yourself developing an ego that is tempered, that is, you know, you're still humble. Like, I'm not saying, like, don't be humble. I'm just saying, you know, women are often, we kind of check the ego at the door and that's unfortunate and a lot of, often when we're trying to, like, make a deal or make a sale or get some money, like, the ego is, like should be, you know, driving that success, Mm -hmm. but we don't know how to tap into our ego. So, so yeah, so the relationship to ourselves and then the relationship to other women, I think is also a challenge. Hmm. Um, things like finding mentors, competition, you know, just viewing other, other people who are like us as competition versus, you know, community members. You know, I, I really like the word community versus like any other word that's similar to that. Um, but yeah, I would say we are socially more conditioned to talk about things that are more personal, like, you know, raising a family and, and mm-hmm. things like this versus like, you know, I love having conversations about like investing and, you know, like Bitcoin and like yeah. with women, you know, I think that's so fun. I, do, we, I don't have enough of those conversations. And I think it's because we're just not really conditioned to talk about that stuff, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So it's just like our relationship within our own community, with our own women. I think there's some 
I don't want to say work. I just, I think, yeah, we could just probably enhance, you know, our relationship to each other. Mm -hmm. And then I think how society views us is also a huge challenge. So things like, I mean, in the context of business, um, uh, lending, the reason why women entrepreneurs exist are organizations that are, are for women owned businesses like lending organizations or why banks have programs that are geared towards, you know, people who identify as women is because historically women haven't had access to commercial lending. They haven't had access to mm-hmm. things like mortgages or credit, credit cards. And recently, like, I, I don't know what year, like we can, you know, throw that in the caption later, like yeah. what year, <laughs> but you know, that's why those programs exist is historically, we haven't been able to get that kind of cash. We haven't had access to that. So that's one example of our our relationship to society. And still, when we walk into the bank, even the banks that profess, you know, we have women entrepreneur support programs and they still get turned down. Yeah. So, and not like, yeah, so that's, that's one component. And then, you know, how women are just perceived in marketing and media. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not necessarily always taken seriously or we don't necessarily always profit off of being serious and yeah. and intelligent right there's like money to be made in being being uber feminine and right pink washed yeah things like just even in the workplace like let alone entrepreneurship but just in the workplace like things that Bailey that I've seen you experience Bailey like raising your family you know like how yeah. mothers are viewed in the workplace and this kind of silent challenge that <laughs> that new moms and, and, you know, moms that are raising families go through. Um, that's, that's, I think a relationship to society challenge. So, yeah. So I think there's like different tiers of it and those Mm -hmm. are, that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. And like, I don't know, I guess growing up, I feel like I was maybe a little bit naive. Like I always, I always felt like, I had equal opportunities and like was taken equally serious. Um, and it wasn't until I started my own business that it like really started becoming obvious to me that, that it's not necessarily equal yet. Yeah. So give us an example. I've heard tons, I've heard tons of your examples. But. <laughs> well, like you were saying, kind of like negotiating on business deals has been very challenging um, when dealing, especially with like male stakeholders. Um, we've had a few like pretty negative experiences with that, unfortunately, where, um, you know, we're just trying to do our due diligence and, 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 you know, negotiate for a fair deal. But when you, you don't just take the first thing that's offered to you, you're considered like you're, it's kind of like, what do you, who do you think you are? are Yeah. Yeah. And like we were personally called passive aggressive because in business. What? Oh yeah. When we were starting our business, um, we had all these meetings to try and figure out how to do, how to build our facility. And, you know, it's a lot of information to take in and you're new to it. Mm -hmm. And, and you don't want to make decisions necessarily right on the spot. So we would. Especially, especially your venture. Yeah, exactly. It's like hundreds of thousands of dollars you're dealing with. 
So sometimes you need a minute to like review your spreadsheet and like run the scenarios and sleep on it. Yeah. And then come back with some questions. And we got told that our approach was passive aggressive because why didn't we just bring up these concerns in the meeting? (laughs) Yeah. And what what was the time frame that we were working with? A couple days. Wow. Not that I'm not like, I mean, totally validating your experience, but you know, like that's a factor too. Like, are we talking over the course of six months or yeah, Yeah. like two days? That's nuts. Yeah. Or did we like change our mind a million times after we'd said one thing? No, that wasn't the case. So yeah, that was really disappointing. Or like tradespeople just not even willing to talk to us about what we were building. And even though we'd been involved in every single step of the process and And like, it's your business. Like who's Mm -hmm. writing the check? Exactly. So yeah, that was one, one example. And then, yeah, there's been several others along the way that just don't really like to be challenged or have women stand up for themselves. And so that's, that's been disappointing for sure. Yeah. 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 One of my notes here was aggressiveness, like just being viewed aggressively, you know, in the workplace, even in a room where you absolutely deserve to be, yeah, it's still, it's not viewed positively when you're, when you speak your mind and when you're what, what is actually assertive and what is actually good business yeah. sense, like for me to be honest and frank and truthful, mm-hmm. you view as aggressiveness slash like, yeah. It's like a, <laughs> you're either aggressive if you're being very assertive or if you're trying to be really nice and like accommodating and like nice word your way around things, like then you get called passive aggressive. So (laughs) no. Yeah. 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 Not cool. So yeah, that's been one major thing. And then like you were saying about balancing family and work, like that is already challenging enough for any woman wanting to have a family, like as an employee in the workplace, and then trying to do it while being a business owner. It's kind of no wonder, (laughs) like also no wonder some of these numbers are so low because it's just so hard to do. And when we started our business, it was two and a half years in when I had my son and there was like no supports, like nothing to like even educationally about like how to prepare your business or people to coach you on like, okay, this is how this is going to go. And like, here are some people you can talk to or anything like that, let alone the financial side of it. Like when you're that early in your business, you're not necessarily paying yourself a regular wage. You kind Mm -hmm. of like have to figure it out month to month, which is fine. But You know, before you start your business, if you've been working in the workforce, you've been paying into EI for years and years and years. And then as soon as you like take the leap to try and start something on your own and create value and everyone says like, oh, you're so great of you to start your own business. It's just like, well, and you don't qualify for any sort of EI anymore. So that was that was really hard. So. I always, I was telling Shanuka that if I won the lottery, I would figure out some way of creating some sort of fund where you could have support women through at least a few months of, you know, 
some sort of financial income while you're running a business and trying to have a kid. Like founders, like owners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone would always say to me, oh, so like how much time are you, how much of a mat leave are you taking? It's like. And you're like, mat leave? They didn't give that to me in the pamphlet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Starting a business. When I got my GST number. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there is a self-employment program. There is. Yes. So um, now, like, I'm going to be having a second child. And so for the past year and a half, I have been contributing through my wage through work. Um, I have the option to opt in to EI. Um, So I've been doing that. But yeah, like off the start, I didn't even, I didn't even know about that, number one. So that would have been good and to know. Do you know what the like just for anyone listening. Yeah. <laughs> you know what the time frame is like cuz you had you had contributed to EI through through employment. Mhm. For X amount of years. Mhm. I believe. And then you quit. So what yeah, what is the time frame? What's the, what's the amount of time that can lapse, I guess yeah, is the question. Yeah. Don't quote me, but I think for EI they take your best, the average of your best 20 weeks over the last 12 months. So like if you haven't paid yourself in I see. Lot, or like the 20 weeks or 600 hours, I think is what it is. But that's just the regular program. That's not the EI. Yeah. The that, self, sorry. The self-employment. That's both. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like an unnecessary barrier that someone could lift. Yeah. Someone could change, like, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. And that's just one component, like, let alone the employer support, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's, just, that's just you talking about the governments. And actually, Canada has a really amazing... Yeah, I know. Involved. Yeah. If we're, if, if we're the best or, like, among the best, then whew, I always yeah. would always think about women in the States and like, how do they, how do they have families? I'd have no idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So it's, it's crazy that raising your family and the expectation and then you have, you're basically running, you know, the, your company and then you're running your family household, you know, which is kind of its own corporation, you know, with its own financials and its own, you know, operations that you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Plus you're not sleeping. <laughs> Plus you're not sleeping and you're probably, I don't know, how's your, are you eating properly? Not likely. <laughs> not likely. Yeah. Yeah. You probably are. Cause you're, cause I like to do that, but yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like you're probably pregnancy's top of mind for you. So I'd, I, I hope when I, whenever I've seen you snacking, it's been on, it's been on healthy things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although I eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches around the clock. Like I've got a 2.15 a.m. peanut butter sandwich. Nice. That, yeah. <laughs> Me too. No. <laughs> if you ever can't sleep, just try it. Works, mm. works like a charm. Mm-hmm. Something um, in the peanut butter, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I think we could probably go on and on about challenges, but, um, just to shift to maybe like a more positive note, 
What do you think are some of the signature strengths or advantages that women have shown in business or in your experience with Awesome? Yeah. Okay. I think two general business skills that are really important are efficiency and relationship building. Okay. Yeah. Great ones. And these are two things that women do really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of to my to our point about you know running different kinds of businesses, whether that's you know your your household or you know even just like keeping up with your friends as much as you love them is its own thing, right? Mm-hmm. Its own emotional thing. So anyway, so you combine all of those all of those things, and you have to be efficient if you want to have a fulfill a fulfilling life. You have to be efficient. Um, And there are studies that show that women are better planners, Um, whether that's a biological imperative, like because of evolution, Mm -hmm. or we've just been socially conditioned to do that, you know, like from a young age, they, right, we're just conditioned. Mm -hmm. Um, Either way, that skill can be, is being utilized with women in business and, they're being they're being really productive, and they're, yeah. it's not even about taking on a ton like all of the work. It's about being strategic in your time management and mm-hmm. and still being able to tuck your your baby um, in bed at the end of the day. Yeah. So, and just prioritizing all of that, right? So it's one thing to have a to do list and say, "Hey, I got to do all of these things," but it's another thing to say, "I'm going to prioritize my time and my energy, and mm-hmm. you know, just I'm going to prioritize the to list to do." the to-do list. Um, I think that's where women win is that we're just a little bit better at that organization of tasks. Yeah. I've, I've heard that called the mental load before where it's like sometimes uh, a lot of the time they say that a woman carries the mental load for the household. And I think that that like kind of translate well into running a business. Like you've kind of got this mental load of everything that needs to happen. And like you were saying, you figure out how to prioritize it and see the big picture and all the little moving parts as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's not to say that, that other genders or men or male counterparts can't do that. It's just that like, for example, Bailey, in your case, you're doing that, but you're also a, you know, you're a mother and you're, you're pregnant and you're running the kitchen and all of these things, you know, and you're, and you're, and it's not even that you're, you're killing it at all of the things. Like you're showing up for, well, you're showing up for all of the people in your life. Right. So yeah. that takes tons of energy and, and yeah, focus. Yeah. So I don't know if, if every, if, if, yeah, I don't know if there's a lot of our clients, male peers who could say the same thing. Right. Yeah. Aw, thanks. <laughs> it sure doesn't feel like you're killing it. And I think it's kind of like what you say about you just learn to prioritize and like put out whatever needs to happen first. And even though behind the scenes you've, you do feel like you have a, a running list of everything that you've yet to get done. But yeah. that's life. Like if you yeah. don't have... The to-do list, you're, you're probably done, you know, like you probably, 
as long as you have things to do, that means that you have some kind of fire in you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't use labels You're like probably that. Probably old. <laughs> And yeah, the other thing is relationship building is, yeah, yeah, like I think we are really great at once we get over that initial, once we build trust with the people in our community, with the women who are like-minded and in our community, Mm -hmm. and once they see us for who we are and there's, you know, vulnerable moments. And I think the quicker that happens, the better. Mm -hmm. That's not always easy. Like everyone's like, oh, be vulnerable and, you know share your story and but it's like that takes time and yeah and all this stuff so but anyway I think women are able to do that and we're able to um we're able to network really really well and it's not just like yeah it's 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 fun and I, I love listening to our clients you know off the record conversations about their families and you know the things that they've done in their life like that are not related to their business yeah um but yeah, so yeah, I think relationship building is is something that we we do really well, and I see that skill being used in yeah in women who are developing businesses. Yeah, yeah, and it seems like there's getting to be um, like more opportunities to like accelerate that a little bit, um, just with like different support groups or like communities like Awesome, where you kind of like get like-minded people together and they and they do see that they can relate to each other and that it's not competition and and they can have those conversations about business as well as other things so um that's kind of nice kind of nice to see that there's getting to be more and more um groups like that yeah. And, and I feel like if, if I was a guy listening to this, I'd be like, well, you know, that's how guys operate too. But I think people need to understand that historically, if like, let's just take zoom, you know, like if a kid walks into a woman's screen and mm-hmm. she's in a business meeting, there's way, there's way, a more likelihood that she's going to get judged or it's not going to be perceived positively. Whereas if a, if it happens to a dude, it's cute. Yeah. And there are so many examples of that. That's just one off the top of my head, you know, that, yeah. So that's something that's important to like with awesome. It's like, yeah, like for sure we could have guys in the class and it'd be fine. And, but yeah, it's just in the past, it's been so taboo for women to just be in business generally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so don't underestimate the safe space. Agreed. There's a time and place for like mixed networking as well, but it's it's nice to have the safe space. Um, okay, I a couple of things that came to mind for me when I was thinking about some strengths of women in mm-hmm. business is their resilience. Like that's one thing that yeah. I've kind of noticed is that you're kind of I don't know what the if tenacious is the right word, resilient or whatever, but it's kind of like combined with creativity. They kind of like find solutions to problems like problem solving their way through one challenge after the next and Mm -hmm. I know that's an entrepreneurial trait in general but I don't know I just like I feel like women are really good at it so 
What do you love most or find the most rewarding about working for an organization that is dedicated to supporting women? The main thing for me was it gave me a reason to have the conversation, to have the larger conversation. Because mm-hmm. for me, it's not just about women in food manufacturing and the Canadian prairies. Like the day-to-day obviously is, and yeah. the, you know, the year-to-year obviously is. But when you look at the really broad picture, you know, this is, a, this is one, a publicly funded project. Um, and, you know, when you ask like the why... It's about women's economic empowerment, whether that's women in the workplace or women who own businesses or women in food or women in agriculture. The larger picture is about economic freedom. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to have conversations with all kinds of people and various genders who could, who we could talk about that. It was a reason to share perspectives, perspectives and educate and be educated and, and that was really cool. So it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the conversations about food manufacturing, which are which those are magical conversations, but it yeah. it wasn't only about that. It was it was that we were able to kind of talk about this larger thing, this larger movement, and also within the organization, right? Mm-hmm. Like manufacturing is so traditional. So here we are being like, Yeah, <laughs> like women in business, women in food and dudes down the hall are like ladies and what like they're just so confused like so so yeah it was just a reason to have the conversation for me so yeah and it was accountability for us too it's like yeah put your money where your mouth is if you are really supportive of women if you really you know like if you really care about it like what are you doing even internally yeah no those ones are really good I like on a personal level I like the relatability like as kind of after running my own business to like look at you know sometimes you get in like a little tunnel vision of like your own project that you're working on and so looking around and and getting to see what other women in our province and our neighboring provinces are doing it's like holy smokes it's like number one really inspiring and kind of like helps you feel like you want to continue on and and be part of that um and then the relatability as well as like I'm not alone (laughs) you know like it's really nice to yeah just see people having similar challenges but also like getting through them and 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 doing really well so yeah that was really cool for me because you know sometimes you just you don't necessarily relate to every other business that you see. And so this one being specifically food related and specifically women was, has been super, super interesting and super motivating. So that's what I'm finding um, personally, like kind of like selfishly, I guess what I'm getting out of it. But yeah. um, And then just also what my experience can offer potentially to other people is kind of rewarding to like pass that along. Totally. Yeah. I know. I forget. Sometimes I forget, like I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of women, like my direct supervisors have often been women. Mm -hmm. And so who have, you know, who have families and all this stuff. So they're often fairly, I know that they've been somewhat 
protective and kind of, you know, um, I don't want to say progressive, but they've been respectful, right? Like the, the often it's a better relationship than like, so I can't, I can't imagine, like you still hear stories about, you know, just harassment in the workplace and, and in professional environments and, and all the, all environments, right? Mm -hmm. Like from the street to the boardroom. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, uh, there's definitely a different kind of energy. Like we know that we're working towards a different kind of economy, you know, a a better economy when we give women this kind of power. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay. So obviously we've got awesome as a resource um, for women in business or women in food business. Do you know of any other like good resources that we could pass on to anyone listening that's going to be supportive of women in business or specifically in food business? Well, every province has a women's enterprise organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Alberta, that's in Alberta, that's Alberta Women Entrepreneurs. In Saskatchewan, that's WESC. And then in Manitoba, I, I believe it's the Manitoba Women's Enterprise Center. Okay. Um, and these three organizations have a ton of resources and some have loan products, like loans, funding, yep. um, opportunities, business plan guides. So at minimum, you should be connected to that network, your provincial enterprise organization, women's enterprise organization. There's also um, two lending organizations that are Canada-wide BDC and FCC. And I'm sure many people are aware who they are, but still, again, they have a ton of resources on their website and they they also have loans. Uh, But even just, you know, if you want to learn about putting together a strategic plan or you need a business plan guide or you just need some resources that they have tons. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think everyone should have, if you're a founder, you should probably have, you know, LinkedIn these days mm-hmm. because it's a place where you can get quick contacts and you can learn quick things. Like there's tons of articles and just, you can follow people and whatever. It's like Instagram, but for your professional life. Right. So, yeah, you know, I think people, I see a lot of women not taking advantage of or utilizing LinkedIn that hard, then I think that's a good resource. Uh, And then just across the country, there are various accelerator programs and incubator programs. And often these programs have other resources like that are attached to them. Like, like I said, different kinds of strategic plans and, you know, experts that you can access. Um, if I were a woman in, in, like, if I was trying to start a business, I would probably look at my provincial website. Like, off, often the province will have, your province will have a business and industry page that has various startup and growth resources. So, different kind of funding opportunities and things like this. And your, your city, depending on how big your city is, they might have something similar. You might find some kind of tax incentive or grant, like community grant. Yep. So, yeah, like, get connected to your government, your local government and your, your provincial government, um, because that's often like, there's often different kinds of opportunities there. I mean, yeah, there's awesome. And, oh, there's also the the Duke food processing center, which, um, is in Alberta. So they do some product development, um, you know, things like nutrition labeling and, and that kind of stuff. Um, the food center also has a ton of services for product development, um, oh, and then WEC, they have also a ton of, a ton of resources, not so much, I don't they don't really have like business plan guides and things like that, but 
they're just a good place to find news and um, if there's like, you know, a, a grant or something like that that's coming out through the government, mm-hmm. they often will put out a press release um, and they do some webinars. There's some learning opportunities. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know you shared that visa grant that is specifically mm-hmm. for women um, not too long ago. And we got that one last year. Right. The yeah. So what was that it. process like? It was not bad. It was um, mm-hmm. uh, like a video application. And it wasn't the application process wasn't too bad at all. And then they selected 10 companies from across Canada and and we got one. We were totally blown away. We were like, what? And it helped us so much. So yeah, I definitely encourage people to apply for that one. Yeah. What gets me about your story, Bailey, is um, that like, yeah, you were providing a ton of value for the community. You had a, a whole kitchen that was serving so many other businesses that had the potential to serve so many other businesses. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just like you and your staff, it was you, your staff, plus all of those clients that are also earning income and, you know, creating businesses from that shared facility. Mm-hmm. And again, like, you know, this whole movement towards, or we're, you know, we're in agri-food, we're a food processing cluster, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, well, why can't we give the local kitchen some cash, mm-hmm. you know, like that, that gets me. And, and now, and then you had to change the business model. Yeah. And now what, you know? Yeah. And now we get still questions all the time about like, can I rent your kitchen? And it's like, well, no, we can't be, you can't because we had to change things because we are three women with families to support that can't just be over here paying bills on like a kitchen like three kitchen facilities or trying to fundraise all the time. Yeah. Like running a whole nother business out of there in order to support the, the facility so that it's there and available. And yeah. So I, I still like strongly believe that a facility like that would be super, super valuable in our city and in lots of different cities. But I think there's gotta be some, government funding there partnership yeah yeah. and and if we are all about you know creating entrepreneurial opportunities especially in agri-food then hopefully somebody can (laughs) figure it out but yeah yeah in other communities, like cause you said you did a lot of research, in other communities, did you find that those kitchens were sh- like shared, like public-private partnerships? There was a mix. Like there was, I would say probably like half and half. Um, but the ones that were for profit, I think now looking back, their centers that they were in were maybe bigger and like their food scene was maybe more advanced already just more population and just more people coming yeah. through and maybe can maybe those maybe that community also can tolerate a higher price too right yeah and but in the last couple years we've had people that work for other city departments like not in Saskatoon but in other cities reach out to us to say we really like this idea. We'd like to offer it for our city. 
you you could you could like capitalize off that and you know build a little course yeah I don't know I think it would be valuable for our city to have and and sometimes it's you just don't know who to contact or you can't get the right team of people collaborating you know like are different facilities in this city that all could have come together, different organizations that could have all come together to, you know, try and do something similar. But everyone's kind of got their own dog in the fight. <laughs> but the yeah, the reason I asked was because that was kind of one of my, that was another point that I had. Of the people that used our kitchen, like the members that we had, it was, I think, something like 75% women. I think maybe it's changing now, but in the past, you know, when you're young, girls are exposed to certain topics and boys are exposed to certain topics. And you, you kind of follow those topics, right? You explore those topics within those boundaries. And if, if, you're, if you don't know anything else, like if you just kind of follow the path, and then when you get to a point where you're 30, 35, or 25, or whatever age, once mm-hmm. you've have become a, you know, a young person, a young woman, you maybe don't have the, the, a lifetime of knowledge because no one really expected you to start a business. No one really, you know, nurtured you that way. Yeah. Whereas maybe your male counterparts, you know, they just, they were exposed to those conversations more just because of their gender. And like, I'm being super, like I'm generalizing like really hard, but I'm just saying like, you know, like you look at t- computer science, for example, is a good thing that we're trying to catch up on on, on the gender parity, right? Because mm-hmm. like in art, when computers were a thing, when they started being a thing, we were really young. And yeah, it wasn't really exposed to us. Like, you know, video games and things like that. Like it was it wasn't normal for girls to be into that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And now fast forward 20, 30, 30 years later, you look at the universities and you look at the graduation rates and you look at the type of founders, even the type of founders that are starting these high potential, high growth companies in tech. Um, why? It's because they spent, they had 25, 30 plus years of just being exposed to those conversations. And mm-hmm. a lot of women didn't. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, and that impedes your ability to come up with, I shouldn't say impede, but you know, it, it puts a parameter on your ability to come up with new ideas and solve new problems and be vulnerable and, mm-hmm. and yeah, just be, in, be confident in rooms that you don't know people in. And yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think being taken seriously sometimes too on a project like that, like l- look at this project that could help all these people and, and be like, have a great economical impact input and like help our local food system and you know all these causes that we really cared about but sometimes it just felt like people were like oh that's just those three girls running that cooking school <laughs> whatever it's just like yeah you you get like diminutized is that I think that's the right word like mm-hmm. yeah and sometimes we put like sometimes you're more successful when you play into it like I've definitely caught myself being meek and like yeah, I'm, I'm just like this girl who's just running this program. Like, <laughs> what do I even deal? know? <laughs> yeah, every day, every day, I'm just like, oh, just like play it off. When really, it's like I'm running a freaking marathon, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, like it, when I when, when I compare myself to my male counterparts, 
I can't even like, and you shouldn't, you shouldn't compare yourself to anyone like disclaimer. I I know that (laughs) (laughs) only compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Really. But yeah, like, it's like, I wonder why they are five steps ahead of me on the staircase and Mm -hmm. I'm over here and I'm, this is how, this is how people view me. And this is what I'm being exposed to. And this is, them and this is what they're being exposed to it's really hard to not be like is it about gender is it about race yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know. you know like yeah. you can't really analyze it too much you kind of you do just kind of have to do your thing mm-hmm. and hope your hope your results eventually speak for themselves and hope you just achieve what you're supposed to achieve which I, th- I think we probably do like you and I and I love seeing like we're lucky to see the women that we get to see and work with them. Like I'm, I'm humbled like every day when I, when I talk to a lot of them. Yeah. I'm like, how are you even, how are you even alive right now? Like <laughs> I'm tired yeah. and you have, you have accomplished 10 times more than I have today, you know? Yeah. So it's lots of people don't get to be exposed to that type of person. And something that I thought of that I experienced and I noticed a lot when I started this job was that I I had to explain why the program existed. (laughs) You know, so like I was talking to, I was talking, I talked to male speakers or trying to like, you know, bring awareness to the program, develop partnerships. Women got it really quickly. They were Mm -hmm. like, okay, I understand why we're doing this. Like I understand why you exist and what the mission is and, you know, I'm on, whereas men, I, ha- I kind of had to have a conversation <laughs> about like why, and it, it's, yeah, it's kind of, it sucks. It sucks that, you know, I have to get into a room and I have to explain my humanity as a woman yeah. and say like, Hey, you know what? Not like, you know, I, me as representing women, but just, you know, my client has a, has a right and does not even a right, but like deserves to be in the same same room as you or deserves these opportunities. Like I'm literally advocating for women in like our clientele every day. Like that was an underrated part of the job that um, I wasn't necessarily prepared for. Like I yeah. thought that people would just, I didn't expect it to be a, necessarily a political social conversation as much as it was. Yeah. And like you, like that was kind of the thing that I loved about it. Like, cause I, I was able to like explore the boundary, you know? But still, it was really difficult sometimes having to, like, explain the humanity of, of being a woman mm-hmm. and men being like, this is a thing, like, you know, <laughs> or being like, oh, like, I have a daughter, like, I have a wife or whatever. And it's like, you're also talking to a woman. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny that you said that because there were a couple times when I was helping you reach out to um, – speakers for I think mostly for the expert program I was like I feel like people aren't getting back to me because I'm putting that this is for a women's group so then I tried in a couple emails just being like we're developing an export program and said nothing about it being for women (laughs) and what was the result I did get a reply (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. that was I think a great conversation and looking forward to having this out there and seeing if maybe people will share their own experiences on when we when we post about it so we shall see what kind of a 
conversation it might start. But women are a huge contributor to the economic well health of a of a region so this isn't just about like yeah like equal rights and i want to do what i want to do and you know like let me have my freedom this is about like this is actually about economic health of a of a cluster or of yeah a place right it's like it there actually the is population right it's it's not just about like it's about everyone getting the chance to work and doing what they want to do mm-hmm. and having access to the same same resources in in a non-discriminatory non-discriminatory way yeah so yeah yeah if we if we can if women businesses grow the economy grows in general so it's like not taking away anybody's pie no so transitioning out of the topic of the day into what we do every episode is um, end off with a rapid fire couple questions. So, Shanuka, what is um, a food discovery or recipe that you have been loving lately? Okay, I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> so one of our one of our awesome members, Natalia, she has a company in Calgary uh, called Seven Spice. Mm-hmm. So what I've been doing is taking some peanut butter. <gasps> and some seven spice chili oil. It's yeah, it's a chili oil product, huh. and mixing it together oh to create a, a chili to, um, peanut hot sauce type situation for like dumplings and yeah, mm. it'd be uh-huh. really good on like cold rolls or something. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I've been winning with that. <laughs> oh, I gotta try that. I've been. I also put that chili oil on lots of stuff, but I haven't mixed it with peanut butter yet. So maybe I'll put it on a sandwich at two in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, great. And then what is a work-life hack or resource that you have been finding helpful for your life right now? Yeah, like I wouldn't necessarily call this a hack or a resource. Yeah. <laughs> I would just like not feeling guilty about sleeping. Good. Yeah, is yeah. has been and just like I know that's not accessible to everyone, but yeah, like and and I guess actually I shouldn't even say that. I would say I, there's this concept sleep hygiene. Yeah. And that that blew my mind when I when I learned about like, you know, just having a sleep routine like in the same way that you have a morning routine. Yeah. You have a sleep routine. And I just I had I didn't have that like in the past like I would I would just go to bed. Like I would just like brush my teeth and go to bed. But now, um, and I, I would, I would ha- and I would have sleeps that weren't that deep. And now, yeah, like I take an hour to just like turn down all the lights and, you know, just like maybe drink some tea or just like be cozy, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Um, just like wash my face, you know, just personal hygiene stuff. Um, yeah, just like literally slow down physically maybe do some yoga, like just like bedtime yoga kind of thing. But yeah, just like, so not even the sleep, I should say prioritizing the, the, the pre-sleep, the, the sleep hygiene component, which is maybe an hour of my hour of my day, half an hour of my day. And that like changed my life for sure. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) And like, I'm kind of like that too. Like I just work, 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 or like, you know, do all the things. And then it's like, okay, bedtime. Go to bed. Yeah. Just go to bed. And actually last night I did, I'm doing physiotherapy right now and I did it right before bed 
and like took time to, you know, put some lotion on my hands or whatever. And I slept so good last night. So I think you're on to something. So yeah, by the time this episode airs, um, you will be no, no longer working with awesome. You're still going to run the accelerator program for this round. (laughs) Is this news to you? Uh, No, tomorrow is officially your last day of, of work. And it's so, I'm very excited for you for your new opportunity, but it's, it's bittersweet for sure. Because, um, I, I feel like we were just getting started and I like loved working with you and, and now we've got a great rounded out team with Bryn and Carly coming on. And so um, we will try and carry carry the torch for you <laughs> and keep the program up to Chinooka standards. So. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was super excited to work with Carly and Bryn. Like, when I was going through the process, like, don't have to put this in the podcast, but – or don't <laughs> put it in the podcast, but I, I – one, I didn't really think I was going to get the job. I was like, oh, whatever. Like, but two, I was like, regardless of what happens, I'm going to have fun either way. Like, I'm going to have, like, I'm actually would be super okay with staying at the food center and I would be actually excited. Like, I would be okay if they said no to me. Yeah. But I guess you have to walk through a door when it, when it opens. And the other thing with that, like, I was really wary. Like, I spent probably like a week deciding. Mm-hmm. And I think even you, I kind of like brought you in on that end. Mm-hmm. I was a roller coaster for me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, but you know, consistently whenever I, like I asked, like I asked some people at the food center who knew the organization and you know, like I, I did my due diligence, which I don't think I've ever done with an, an employer necessarily before. Yeah. And that was a really interesting, yeah, I'm glad I did that because just at every check mark, it was like, yeah, like take this opportunity, like you should do it, whatever, like it's right, whatever, like there wasn't really a moment where it was like, you shouldn't walk through this door. So yeah. I was like, damn it. Fine. <laughs> okay, universe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I'm super sad and I'm really glad that I get to stay on for the next 10 weeks yeah. and that I still have access to my email. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'll miss, I'll miss everything. Yeah. For sure. Our, our members will have gotten to know you and will miss you too. Um, so... Hopefully we can just keep on keeping on the good programs that you created. And yeah, we will. It'll be, I'm like so excited to see. I I think it's important to have fresh eyes on stuff. Like I think it's important to, you know, like I'm not necessarily a maintainer. I'm someone who like, I'm a starter. I'm a gainer. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I think it's actually a really good moment for sure. The awesome program is an initiative of the Saskatchewan food center. It's funded by Prairie's Economic Development Canada through the Women Entrepreneurship Strategy Ecosystem Fund. We are here to support women-owned food businesses through education, advising, and industry connections. Although we're based in Saskatoon, we serve members in Manitoba, Alberta, and Saskatchewan. For more info, visit the show notes or head to our website at beawesome.ca.